Welcome to the Financially Independent Teachers Podcast, where educators come together to discuss their journey on the road to financial independence. Now, please join our co-host, Dave and Brandon, as they prepare to help other educators get fit with their finances. Welcome and thanks for joining us on episode number 79 of the Financially Independent Teachers Podcast. If you think your story can help other educators and you'd be willing to come on the show, please shoot me an email at getfiteducator at gmail.com. Coach, what an amazing episode we had last week with Marlon from Texas, former college athlete, college coach, now moved into administration as an assistant principal. Literally, I think we could put Marlon's face on the fit logo. He's everything that we want fit to be about. He absolutely is. I, I enjoy meeting him and getting to hear his story and um, his character just shined through to me. Like I just, I just thought that, um, you know, just a really great guy who, who puts all of the fit, the fit position principles into, into practice, you know, and, and um, I was, you know, it's so flattering to know that somebody like him is listening to the show every week. And, um, you know, I think, I think we, we try to put out positive and useful content and, um, you know, it's just good to know that people are listening and, and getting something out of it. And, and I think he, he was a representation, his wife, also in education, yeah. he's a representation of what you talk about on the show a lot. And he even smiled at that. He said, man, I hear you say this all the time, um, of being a two teacher household. We know that there are different situations for everybody. Some are married, some are divorced, some are widowed. Um, some have never been married, but if you are a teacher and you're married to a teacher and you're on the same page financially, you can really make things happen over the course of a 25, 30 year teaching career. Yeah. And let's, and let's just go ahead and say uh, any two middle income earners yeah. that are on the same page, you know, we, of course we are financially independent teachers, but if you're a teacher and you're married to an, a, another middle income earner, you know, um, you know, a high income earner, that'd be even, that's even better, but two middle income earners can really make it happen. And so, uh, definitely that I'm, I'm looking forward to the show today because this is something that I know almost nothing about. And so I intend to do a little talking here at the beginning, and then I intend to sit back and be quiet and watch you and, uh, our guest today, who's a major friend of the show, been on the show several times, even co-hosted the show. Uh, John Chester, and uh, you know the, what? What did you call him? You gave him a nickname. Uh, we call him the Millionaire Math Teacher. Millionaire he, he didn't make that up. Right. He's not that vain. I made that up, and I don't know that's if he right. likes it or not. John, do you like the name, the Millionaire Math Teacher? Uh, it's it's okay in certain circles, but in other circles, no. Well, we just <laughs> had the wealthy custodian on too, so yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. The wealthy custodian on. I'm. So I'm looking forward to this show because I'm looking forward to learning. You know, my my journey on this show uh, through our 70, what, 77 episodes, 78 episodes at this point? Yeah, 78 now. This will be 70, 79. Man, this is number 79. So for 78 weeks, I have been learning. Uh, it's almost like I've been in a, in, a, in a master's level course on personal finance. And so here is another step in my educational journey. I'm getting ready to learn something new today, and I'm looking forward to it. So today... We are going to talk about Tesla. Elon Musk has been all over the news for a variety of reasons. Twitter, his shirt being off. Did you guys see the picture of Elon Musk with his shirt off? 
It kind of looked yeah. like a, a Roblox character or something. I don't know what was going on there. He's a very smart guy, so I'm not going to throw. My eyes hurt. He was so white. Oh, gosh. Hey, I'm Elon, not gonna... Elon's a good guy, but I'm going to say this, though. I got to say this. <laughs> I, I say he's a good guy. I don't know. I, I don't know him, but but I, I'm going to say this. When he when it comes to business, I mean, he is next level, right? He, yes. When it comes to innovation and all that. But for some reason, it's never enough for somebody to be an expert in something. And so he always wants to step out into like public intellectual, you know, philosophical guru. And then he always says something ridiculous, but because he's Elon Musk, people share it out all over the internet. And I'm like, man, don't share that stuff. He's not that he's not very good at that stuff. There's been Um, so much on Elon and I'm going to, I'm going to start this episode off. Just like you said, coach on a scale of one to 10, I feel like I know I'm like at a level two, as far as my knowledge of an electric vehicle so I know some people might think, God, an episode on electric vehicles and Tesla, I could care less about electric vehicles. And there's different camps of people when it comes to electric vehicles. You have some people that are just trying to save money. They're, they're looking at, you know, maybe they've got a, a 40 mile commute each day to work and their gas uh, gasoline bill is, let's just say, you know, especially with prices around $4 a gallon right now, maybe their gas bill every month is $600, $700. And they're thinking, well, gosh, if I could get a Tesla or an electric vehicle, and maybe it would would only cost me a couple of dollars to charge at home, this could end up offsetting. There are people that like the electric vehicles because they're a part of the green movement, and they think it's healthier and better for the environment. I just want to let you know that when it comes to my my stance on electric vehicles, my my level two out of a ten, the the main thing that gives me interest on electric vehicles is the ability to potentially over the long term save money when it comes to gas. You know, I know I know we could probably have a whole show and I'm not that smart on the environment and fossil fuels that go into powering the charging stations and everything else people argue back and forth. We're not here to do that today. But the reason why I thought of this show is number 1 we have John on the show who we're going to bring on shortly. Uh he has a Tesla and I've been in his Tesla. That was the first time I'd ever been in one. It was the only time I'd ever been in one. But more recently this summer, when I went to an international baccalaureate training in St. Peter's Beach, St. Petersburg, Florida, St. Pete's Beach, um, I decided to rent a Tesla, a 2019 Tesla Model 3. And I drove that vehicle from Swansboro, North Carolina, here on the coast, 728 miles to the Rumfish Bar and Grill and Hotel in St. Pete's Beach. So I wanted to share my experience and then have some dialogue back and forth. So um, overall, it took me about 25 minutes to meet with the guy that I rented the, the Tesla from to even figure out how to work the car. So uh, it's not like you pick up a rental car and all of a sudden, you know, just turn on, on the ignition and you go. There are a lot of things that he had to walk me through before I even felt comfortable. And I'm not one of these big risk takers that likes to drive hundred miles an hour or go crazy or things like that. I was so nervous, honestly, when I got in that test and I was a little intimidated. You've got this giant screen. I don't know how big it is. It almost looks like my laptop screen that I'm recording from today. And it's a touch screen. Um, I know I pissed my wife off because it was like 95 degrees and I could not figure out how to turn the air up. So I'm like, this isn't like a normal car. She's like, turn the AC on. She's like, we're all dying in here. And I was like, I don't know how to do it. Like, leave me alone. So we pull out, (laughs) uh, we're on our journey. And, uh, you know, obviously like anything else about an hour into it, I'm starting to feel a little more comfortable. Uh, I learned really quick 
that I must not be very good at using my turn signal because I don't know if this is every Tesla, but at least the, the Tesla that we had, at least the setting it was in, if I tried to cross over lanes, but I didn't use my turn signal, it was like still trying to almost hold me in the lane that I was in. So whenever I use my turn signal ahead of time, you know, it was easily gliding over into that other lane. But if I didn't use my turn signal and I'm on the highway and there's barely anybody around, it kind of jolted over a little bit. But of course, uh, it said that I, when I got in the vehicle that had a range of around 290 miles or so, but after driving for about two hours and maybe having gone 90 miles or a hundred miles or so, we were already on maybe 15, 20%. And I'm starting to panic a little bit like, oh gosh, they call it a uh, range anxiety. And I actually called John Chester. And that's one of the reasons why I had him on the show. And I think I mentioned it then. I was like, dude, we need to have you on the show and talk about this. I will say the cool thing about the Tesla is on the screen. Uh, obviously, you put in your GPS, the destination of where you're going to go. But it also has all of the Tesla charging stations in between where you're going to go. So it was really nice. It was actually in the Lumberton area. I ended up stopping right next to Lumberton High School. It was my first experience charging up. And the guy that I rented the Tesla from failed to explain to me that when you charge at a Tesla supercharger station, it actually costs you money. In my mind, I had planned out this whole trip. I'm gonna rent this Tesla from Turo for like $500 for five days, a hundred bucks a day, and I won't have to pay for any gas, any electricity. This is gonna be amazing. And I get to the first uh, supercharger station and I'm asking John questions like, how do I even do this? Where do I plug it in? Uh, luckily he helped me out. He's like, well, Dave, how are you gonna pay for that? And I'm like, what do you mean? How am I going to pay for that? He said, buddy, uh, Tesla supercharger stations aren't free. And I was like, I don't know. I rented it from this other guy. Well, long story short, I got up with the guy immediately after talking to John and he said, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you whenever you charge at a supercharger station, it'll probably cost you about 12 to $20. And at the end of your Turo experience, I'll send you an, ad an additional bill and you're going to owe for the charging stations. So that was kind of a bummer. That was my, my first bummer. Uh, but the kids were in love with it. I went over to the gas station. Ironically, uh, the charging station was outside of a restaurant. And even there uh, at the restaurant, they had a thing that said like 20% off for all electric vehicle customers or whatever. So I could have gone into the Longhorn Steakhouse and gotten 20% off for being an electric vehicle customer. But I went over to the gas station, got snacks and things like that. I come back and uh, my 10-year-old and my 7-year-old are watching Happy Gilmore. Uh, well, the car is charging up. So one of the cool features that it has is while the car is in park, you can actually have access to Netflix. It also has karaoke. There's things to entertain you. And that's one of the things that I learned really quick is it takes about 20 to 35 minutes to get a full charge. Uh, and I know I'm doing a lot of talking. Is there anything else that, that either one of you would like to interject as I, as I share my Tesla story down to Florida? Um, I'm just looking forward to hearing, I know that you weren't talking too much. You were, you were unpacking the story. Okay. On, on, oh, okay. So I'll we, keep uh, going. I'll no, keep yeah, going. Yeah, keep, yeah. I want you to keep going. Like finish, finish, finish it out here. Yeah. So the kids got mad at me because after 30 minutes, they were heavily engaged into happy Gilmore and please don't judge my parenting. Yes. That's PG 13. And they were seven and nine, but they loved happy Gilmore. They're like, dad, no. I was like, guys, I promise you, it's, it seems like the way this is going, we'll probably be stopping fairly shortly and we can do this again. Um, and that's one of the things that I learned over the course of my journey is let's say that you had a normal, my, my wife has a 2013 Ford flex 
Uh, I think the range on her vehicle, it holds about 17, 18 gallons is generally around 375 miles. I felt like for every one time I would have stopped to fill up our gas tank in a regular vehicle, I had to stop an extra time to charge up the Tesla. So maybe what would have been a 10 hour trip driving our normal vehicle turned into about a 12 and a half hour trip when you stop with those uh, charges. Now, again, there's entertainment. Um, you know, I'm 6'6", 230 pounds. So it's nice to kind of get out of the vehicle and stretch my legs the older I get. But there were times where it was kind of frustrating and annoying where I'm just ready to get a move on. There were even times where I, I was like, okay, well, I know we only have to go another, you know, 90 miles to get to our destination. So I'm not even going to charge this thing all the way up just to save time. So, um, I don't know. I'd say one of the cons was having to stop so many times on a long trip, but I will say one of the pros was gosh, driving a Tesla was fun as hell. It was so fun. Uh, I had never driven a vehicle a hundred miles an hour before in my life, but I hit that multiple times in that Tesla. But guess what coaches, uh, when you drive, 85 on highway 95, which everybody else is going 85. I'm just trying to keep up with the flow of traffic. Guess what happens to your battery? <laughs> uh, the EPA mileage that Tesla says it has decreases dramatically. So driving well, 70, so does, your, uh, so does your gas car too. So yeah, very true. That's good. True with gas as well, but it definitely goes down. But overall, man, I had a lot of fun with the Tesla. The seats were super comfortable. Um, I could see, if I had a Tesla that I owned that I, that I had actually set up and spent the thousand or $2,000 to be able to plug it into my garage to charge weekly or nightly, I could see if you're somebody who drives two, three, 400 miles a week, but you can plug it in at home, that's a game changer. But when you're going on a long trip and your trip is basically having to map it out. Luckily they do that for you on the GPS, stopping at these Tesla charging stations. It makes it a little difficult. Now, the good thing is I was on highway 95 for most of the trip and they've been very smart. And I'd probably say every 15 to 25 miles, there is a Tesla charging station within maybe a mile or two from the highway. Many of them now are at, at gas stations. Even uh, that was kind of cool, but I did want to share some numbers. Before I, you share the numbers, let yeah. me just say this. You can tell I'm fit educated that I've become fit educated because so far the only thing that I'm thinking about from this story is the guy that made money off of you letting you uh, use his Tesla. Like I, that's what I want to know about. I want to know about yeah. how I can make money off these Teslas. You yeah. Know? I, I thought about the same thing when I got back, I was like, gosh, babe, that should guy. we buy a Tesla and then rent it out on Turo or whatever? Yeah. But um, I guess your Tesla, you have like a Tesla app and your credit card is attached to the Tesla app. So whenever you go to the Tesla supercharging station, it automatically charges that person's credit card. So when I was doing the supercharging, he was getting the bill and I, I did have to pay him back for that. But it was 728 miles each way to get down to uh, the Gulf in Florida. So it was a 1,456 mile trip. And if I would have been driving my wife's vehicle, which gets maybe 18 to 22 miles a gallon, depending on how fast you're going, it would have cost me around $300 in gas to get there and back. But on the Tesla, even with the superchargers and, and having it uh, having to pay that back, it ended up costing me $163. So I ended up saving somewhere around $130 on the trip uh, using the electric vehicle versus using 
the um except for you had to rent it with for you had to rent it though but i, I did have to rent it but the only reason yeah, why i rented you owned it, is, it you wouldn't have to do that is because yeah if i owned it i wouldn't have to do that but the only reason why we rented it is my wife and i each have two hundred thousand miles on our vehicle and i really don't trust either of those vehicles leaving the state of north carolina Understood. and and um the county had offered to pay me um seven hundred dollars to fly to this training and i said well what if i drive instead and they said well you know we'll give you whatever it costs uh, you know, they gave me mileage or whatever, and that ended up paying for the whole rental of the vehicle. So oh, nice. That was anyway, good. that was my experience. We'll get into more of it. Um, it's a lot of fun to drive the Tesla. John, you've owned a Tesla, the Model 3, I believe, as well, for yes. what, about three, four years? Actually, tomorrow is exactly four years. Four years. Okay. Four years tomorrow. So uh, I bought a Model 3. <clears throat> I got the uh, rear wheel drive. I got the long range. I got autopilot. Um, so it cost me about $60,000, $59,500 tax destination tags, all that silly stuff. So yeah, it cost, it cost basically about $60,000, um, because I wanted, you know, a couple more bells and whistles, like the long range capability, uh, because I knew this would be the car that we would take trips with, uh, so, but I, I was just playing around with some numbers and people were like, oh my God, that's $60,000. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, you buy a decent sized sedan today and you're going to be spending 30 to 40 anyway. Um, and here, here's the cool thing is I just looked up, uh, for resale value, a 2019, uh, today, uh, is going for about $55,000. So, you know, one of the things we always talk about buying new vehicles, the depreciation of the vehicle and, you know, there's a commercial on TV where, you know, the, the insurance guy says, you know, new car loses X amount of percent uh, as soon as you drive it off the parking lot. Well, first of all, because of the quality of the Tesla and secondly, because, you know, uh, used cars are not depreciating like they used to. Uh, I mean, it's almost exactly the same price. I mean, if I bought a used Tesla today of what I bought it, it, it's almost the same price. So that, some of that, that, I think some of that uh, is Tesla holding its value. And I think some of it is also just the, the 10% inflation where cars are just going crazy right now in general, you know, you got in at 60 grand at the model three at a good time where to buy the 2022 model three, you're probably looking somewhere in the 70,000 plus range. Uh, it's actually, I, I drew that up and it's uh 63. 63. Okay. Well, I guess yeah, I was wrong. The same exact options that the same. See, I did, I was prepping yesterday for the same exact options, color, uh, autopilot, everything else. It's basically about $4,000 more for uh 2022 right now with the same options I had for 2018. So, so it's great. It is a ton of fun to drive. Yeah. Zero to 60 in what? Three point something seconds. If you get the performance model, yeah. Three point something seconds, but I, I don't, I don't do that. Uh, every once I always put new people in the car and I, like I did you Dave, when I first yeah. put you in there and I gave you whiplash that first day, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really gun it like that. I, a little bit more conservative in my old age. Yeah, I got more aggressive as I went. I was super conservative because I'm renting someone else's vehicle. I'm nervous about the technology. Mm. But after I was driving that thing for you know 10, 12 hours, man, you can you can get I thought merging on a highway, just being able to get from that zero to 60 so quick. You know, yeah. I've never been in a in a regular car that has that much torque to get to get moving that quick. 
Um, that was a lot of fun. It, it's a fun car to drive. It makes driving, it makes driving fun. And even at the end of the trip, my wife's like, uh, so did Elon hire you to be his spokesperson? Cause I was Tesla, this Tesla, that, uh, after that trip coach speaks, I'm going to bring you back on, uh, any thoughts you have so far. Uh, I know that, have you been in a Tesla first of all? And I have not. Are, are, so, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of sitting here listening and, you know, I, I really want to, you know, so we're, we're talking about the pros and cons of, of driving a Tesla and, and that sort of thing. And, and I'm sure it's great. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what is the, re- I, the, again, my whole question is, is what is the, you know, can this be a, um, you know, in the same way that we house hack, can we car hack with this thing? Is this a way that people can, you know, make some money? So, so are you thinking about it in terms of renting it or are you thinking about in terms of like saving money due to like the price of gas or a little bit of both? No, because I'm not, I'm not persuaded that, uh, I mean, are you really saving that? I I guess you are, I guess you are saving some money, but it's so expensive though that by the time you, uh, you know, is, are you really saving any money? I I guess that would be my real question. Are you really, are you really going to save any money in your budget with this? Cause I mean, they're pretty expensive. So, I mean, I can buy a $3,000 vehicle and just, and just pay for gas, you know? Right. I really, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's obviously your option, but, uh, I, I wanted this toy and I, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. <laughs> um, it's, it's certainly changed the way we travel. So when my wife and I do travel, it's certainly changed the way we travel. Cause I, I used to be the guy, you know, you pull into the gas station, she goes to the bathroom while I'm tanking it up. She gets out and, uh, she gets out of the bathroom. She takes over and then I go to the bathroom and, you know, we drive 300 plus miles, you know, without really stopping. I'm, matter of fact, I drove to Long Island, New York once and stopped once in, in my, uh, my son's Honda Insight, you know, which gets like 500 miles gallon, uh, 500 mile range on a tank of gas. All right. So that's the way I used to be. Now with the Tesla, pretty much every two, two and a half hours, we stop and we know that there's going to be a program stop for 30 to 45 minutes. So we usually set our trips up where the first stop is going to be around the lunchtime. And so then we'll go, you know, we'll have a lunch and we'll sit down and you can watch your phone and see how your car is charging up while you're, while you're just relaxing and eating lunch and stretching. And, you know, I'm 65, my wife's 62. Uh, Just like Dave being six foot six, you know, you got to get out and you got to stretch your body every once in a while, or you're just going to cramp up. So it's certainly made, uh, his point about making the trips longer, it does make the trips longer because you're not spending five minutes in a gas station and and getting and going. Um, but we're retired and we have more time, so it's a lot more flexible that way. It's- so from a long range, a long range travel, it's it's great, you know, and autopilot makes it a lot easier. You got lane assist, you turn the blinkers on, you got cameras, it tells you if the lane's clear and then it will turn, it'll change lanes for you. The, the, the navigation asset is just great. You put in your address and it'll tell you, go, go to this supercharger station, charge up for 35 minutes, go to the next supercharger station, charge up for 35 minutes. And I've watched lots of videos on this. And one of the things they talk about when you are filling your car, it's kind of like pouring water in a pitcher or, or doing that, you know, or pouring pitcher, pitcher water into a glass. You know, when the glass is really empty, you can pour it in really quickly. But as the glass gets closer and closer going to the top, you slow it down. Well, that's exactly what happens with the electrons that are going into your car. 
uh, the electricity that's going in your car. When your car is very empty, it fills up very, very quickly. So you're, you're gaining a lot of range really, really quickly. And what they've probably found out is when you're trying to get to the last part, the last 15, 20 miles of your charge, it takes a lot longer because it, uh, it slows down the charging rate so it doesn't overload the battery and, and have those kinds of things. And that's why the, 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 the navigation thing says only charge for 35 minutes. You could sit down and charge for an hour, but, you know, to go from zero to 30 minutes, you get a lot more mileage in the first 30 minutes than you do if you sat for another 30 minutes at the charging station. So, you know, that's, I, when I travel, I just basically follow the guidelines that the thing has, you know, um, mileage, uh, mileage is a, a thing. The first time I took it on a really long trip in the winter, we went to Ohio. Uh, our son was stationed in Dayton at the time and it got so cold and my battery lost 25 miles of range parked in the parking lot because the car turns itself on to keep the battery warm. So it doesn't freeze. And then, uh, you know, it got to the point we actually turned the heat off. We got the blankets out of the back. We turned and we turned the heat off just so we could like make to the next supercharge because we were really afraid we were not going to get there. But we eventually we got there and everything was fine. But it definitely makes you tra- think about traveling very differently. Well, I tell you what, from everything I've heard so far, I am I would I don't think I, I think Teslas are probably for people who are pretty far along on their journey. And, uh, and even if I was far enough along on my journey, I would not want a Tesla mm-hmm. so far. I'm not, I would not be persuaded to get one. I haven't driven one yet. Like Dave has, we should, so, we should uh, rent one one day coach. I and, could uh... change my mind if I actually drove one, but, but everything that has been said so far, it makes me say the only way I'm buying one of those is if I can, if I can, if there's a market for it and I can rent it out and make some money. All right. Well, so that's that's one aspect of the Tesla where you drive, you know, you're you're taking long distance things. What I love about it is I charge it at my house right. and I have the time of use electric thing through uh, Duke. Right. So at night when I charge my Tesla, I, it cost me six cents a kilowatt to charge my car. So if I went from zero percent battery to a hundred percent battery at my house charging on a 220 at my house it'll take about four hours to do it well you're asleep anyway it doesn't matter it's costing you six cents a kilowatt and my battery is an 80 kilowatt battery so it it only costs a couple bucks Uh, i got it written down here i think it only cost me about uh four dollars to charge my car up to get a full 300 280 quote unquote miles in the car. And I drive it all around town. I drive it all around town all week long, all next week long. I don't drive that much anymore. I don't work. I go to football practice. Yep. But, um, you know, so every two weeks I plug it in. So if you're not traveling, if you're staying within the County, which for the most part, that's where you're staying unless you're traveling all over the world. Um, but when you're home, you're kind of within a County, one County or two County area, you might be spending, 10 to $15 a month on charging where, you know, uh, probably less than $10 a month. And then, um, uh, and then of course, you know, this is, you know, of course we have listeners all over the country it would be pretty tough if you lived up North, I would imagine with all the cold 
with the long cold winter, I would say that would be pretty difficult. But in the south, well, when you park easy. your car in your garage, if you're parking your car in your garage and then you go to a place of work that has, you know, a parking garage, you're not as exposed to the elements. Uh, yeah, there are some issues, but I'm telling you, I was in Norway. I was in Norway. Um, I was in Norway in the spring and 80% of all new vehicles last year sold in Norway were electric vehicles. And how much did you say you paid for yours? 60, 60,000. So yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I've, I've heard teachers talk about this. And again, it's not just teachers, but because I'm a teacher and you talk to your colleagues at work, um, generally I'm around teachers more than non-teachers, but I've heard people say, yeah, coach, uh, I've got a, I've got a $400 car payment. It just ended. I just finally got rid of my car payment, but, and I'm driving a gas guzzler. I only get 15 miles a gallon. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to sell it. And then I'm going to go get this other vehicle. Cause it gets 30 miles a gallon, but that vehicle costs like $40,000. I'm like, okay, so you might be paying an extra $120 a month in gas, but now that's going to prompt you to spend 40 extra thousand dollars on a vehicle when you already have one that's paid off. So again, I think everybody needs to look at their personal situation. And uh, again, I, I would say the fit position is generally, we don't want to have car payments. Um, so that's why I said, that's why I said that th this would be for somebody that's a little further along because you would need that money to be able to pay for it. Cause like, if you're in, if you're in John's situation, it's especially attractive because number one, he finds value in it. He enjoys driving it. Right. And, and so he's a multimillionaire. We, and that's, and, and yeah, right. He's the millionaire math teacher. I mean, he can afford that. And so, you know, he, he's in a situation where, I mean, the fit position, no, no car payments. We want to, we want, we don't want car payments, but we also are willing to spend money where we find value. You know, we can't spread value around to 20 different things, of course, but the, the, I call this the Jerry Bourne principle you know, find some, find the, the, the one or two things that you really find value in and then, and then do that. So the fit position on this would, would basically be, um, you know, when you're for, probably when you're further along in your, in your, in your journey. Uh, and if it's something you, you find real value in, in having, um, it, it sounds like it's a wonderful car to have in terms of just yeah. being fun to drive and enjoying it. Now I grew up, I grew up, we've talked about your dad was a railroad man. Oh yeah, uh, John. Your dad worked for the city of New York, right? Right. Digging ditches, basically worked for the city yes. and water department or whatever. My dad worked in the automotive industry for thirty plus years, and you know, my dad's stance was: what's paying for your college and what uh, puts food on our table is the fact that I work for an American auto manufacturing company. And I thought it was really interesting that in twenty twenty one the Tesla model three was considered by consumer reports to be the most American car driving on our roads, as far as production and parts and labor and things like that. So, you know, if you're somebody who supports buying an American vehicle, you know, Tesla does a really good job of that as of now, now with prices going up and other things, there's, there's been speculation of, you know, will Elon Musk start, start outsourcing to get cheaper labor to keep up with some of the other companies, because, you know, Ford this year is coming out with their Ford Lightning. It's basically their F-150 pickup truck that doesn't look like an electric vehicle. You probably wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. And uh, it's it's got some cool features on it. They said even if the power goes out, the Ford Lightning pickup truck is strong enough that you can actually use that pickup truck as a generator to power your house during a storm or a hurricane. 
for up to three days. So there's some really cool stuff coming out. My, my stance on the electric vehicles, again, is similar to you. John was in a position, he was a millionaire when he bought his, and he paid cash for it. So it's not like he went out and financed it. He wasn't a first or second year teacher taking on a $60,000 car payment. For John to get to the point of buying a Tesla cash, he'd only driven three or four cars the previous 30 years combined. Uh, and he had paid those off and drove those essentially for free for a long time. But you know, I'm kind of in that wait and see mode. Again, my wife and I, with each of our vehicles having 200,000 miles on it, we're, we're now saving. We talked about, I've got a sinking fund for vehicles set up. I don't know if I'm ready to go the electric route because based on the, the driving experience to Florida, I, I don't want to have to stop every two hours to charge. As the technology gets better, as they come out with the, the longer range batteries of maybe 500 miles, that might pique my interest a little more. But even with some of the long range, like the Model 3, they say it's over 310 mile range. But uh, Consumer Reports recently did a study that after 64 miles of driving, it had showed that it used 121 miles of range and only 64 miles. So again, whether you're using the heat, like John mentioned, uh, the AC, uh, whether you're driving you know, at a high rate of speed or being aggressive when you drive and things like that, that all factors in. Uh, and I'm looking for something that you know, I could at least drive the normal range of what I'm used to with an electric vehicle before I'd purchase one. You know, yeah. Stephanie pretty much works. Is she pretty much Onslow County only or does she? Pretty much Onslow to... County. She she goes all the way down to the, the southern border of Onslow and Pender and all the way up sometimes toward New Bern. But, you know, when she's really going, she has construction in, you know, south of where we live, 30 miles south and then new home construction that she sells 30 miles northeast. So she might drive 200 miles in a day. Yeah. Um, a lot of times she's driving four or 500 miles a week. Easy. Uh, and we've considered maybe what if one of us got the electric vehicle that we have for the around town vehicle and yeah. then the other vehicle we have for the trips or whatever. But, you know, right now, you know, if we got an electric vehicle like a Tesla, which we loved, we enjoyed it, you know, our out of town vehicle. Uh, wouldn't probably make it out of town because if it was my expedition, I don't even trust it to go to Raleigh at this point. I live a mile and a half from work, but, but that's then you'd do what on you Turo. did anyway. You'd rent a car. And that's kind of what I've been doing recently is, hey, instead of having the five or $600 a month car payment, let's just rent a vehicle for $100 a day, put the high mileage on someone else's vehicle on their depreciating asset. And uh, you know we don't have to worry about anything. So I if we did that two or three good. times a year, that's spending maybe $1,500 a year on renting vehicles, but that keeps our, our numbers down when it comes to mileage on ours and whatnot. I was just about to say, you know, how often do you actually make long trips? You know, I would say the average person probably makes one, maybe two long trips a year. Yeah. Maybe in from worth... Ohio, we do about two a year and it's about 700 miles, but again, I'm from a different state. Right. Right. I know for me, you know, I'm I, maybe one time a year I'll actually go out of state, and um, and usually it's just trips in state, and um, you know, so so that wouldn't be a you know, that would be a great solution for me is uh, as my car gets more and more high mileage is just to when I do take a trip just just rent a vehicle. It's not worth getting the the car payment, you know, right. so that I have a car that I trust. You know, of course, AAA doesn't cost much. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Just saying, that's a that's always a solution as well. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
as I said, you know, you, you talked about this as I find value and I love driving. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, it certainly takes a little while to get used to driving it because, um, when you let your foot off the accelerator, it immediately starts slowing down. So there's no roll to it. Right. So it's kind of like an electric motor. It's like your electric drill. When, when you're pulling the, when you're pulling the, uh, the, the trigger on the drill, it's going to go. When you want the drill to go a little bit slower, you just let it out a little bit more. You want to go faster, you just pull it in a little bit more. Because uh, the motors are right next to there. Maintenance, my gosh, maintenance. I haven't done anything to this car other than I had to replace a windshield. Um, but I've done nothing to this car for four years. No That's oil awesome. changes. <laughs> no oil, no, I mean, nothing. Now, I do have, there is a slight disadvantage to having a Tesla here in eastern North Carolina is I got to take it to Raleigh to get it fixed, All right? But as I said, you know, just no maintenance, I'm and good. they do provide good customer service, right? Like when it comes to the technology, I know you've talked about dropping it off and picking it up. And I mean, again, I mean, people could just easily make a phone call, but it's kind of cool the way that that process works. How does that oh, go? You, you can't make a phone call with Tesla. You have to text them. They they are very much tech tech savvy people. Brandon, I, I told I told the story today, but you know when I had to get my windshield replaced, I had to get it done at the Tesla place up in Raleigh. So I you know scheduled an appointment. They send me a text back. All of this is done through the app on my phone. Uh, then they you know come back and they do this and that and everything else. So I I drive up there and uh, I pull into the parking lot and I get a text on my phone as soon as I pulled into the parking lot. It says, hi, we noticed you pulled into our parking lot. Tell us what stall number you're in. So I drive into a stall. I text them back. I said, I'm in stall 79. They said, okay, great. Uh, we've deposited $100 into your Uber account. And uh, so you can use $100 credit, $100 credit on your Uber to drive wherever you want to drive. So just call your Uber up and we'll, we'll text you when your car is done. So we Ubered to the mall, then we Ubered to the movie theater, and then we Ubered back to the back to the place, and the car was done. I picked it up. I opened the car, and they said, thank you for using our, our service. Uh, uh, see you later. And I, I didn't ever talk to a person <laughs> at all, uh, you know, because my, my Tesla app is attached to my charge card, and they just billed me right to the, my charge card. I feel like we finally the, made it to the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, what Dave what Dave was talking about is charging. When Elon came out initially with the Roadster was the first one, and then he came out with the Model S. One of the things that he he did was Model S's and Roadsters had one hundred percent free supercharging across the country for life. So, like when Dave would go down to Florida, if he had a, one of those old Model S's that he bought when they first came out. Um, boom, you know, you just drove down there, you plugged in, you got electricity and boom, you left and you didn't get any bills. When he started opening up the model three in 2000, I think it was 16 when they first came out, uh, announcing the model three, that's when they stopped, uh, doing the supercharging for life kind of thing. So the model S might've had superchargers for a year and then you started having to pay for it. So, but I mean, he's got 35,000 superchargers stations worldwide. Okay. There are 1,400 in the U.S. There's 42 in North Carolina. And we have There's one in 40... Jacksonville that's getting ready to open up behind Smithfields right. there. We have one and in those Uber are behind super... Smithfields. 
those are supercharging stations. And each station has at least eight plugs, if not in Southern California, some of them have 50. So I was watching some videos in Southern California and you drive up and there's 50 stalls with 50 Tesla superchargers in there. And all the stalls are covered by solar panels. So they've got this entire parking lot covered with solar panels. So you're in the shade, you're charging your car, the sun's making electricity through your solar panels. Now, I'm sure it's not 100% off the grid kind of electricity. Uh, but, you know, I have solar panels on my house. I make, uh, I make about 15 kilowatt hours uh, a day, solar panels. So I, uh, you know, I charge my car three times a month, two times a month, and maybe put 50 kilowatts in the car over the entire month. So I, I've made way more electricity in my own house than I actually used in my car. So the rest of it's going, you know, to take care of my house. So, you know, I did that. I didn't get the Tesla super wall. I didn't get the, uh, the, the shingles, the solar panel shingles, but you know, I, I do really love my car. It's just a fun thing to drive. It was so fun to drive, John. A couple of the things, uh, they say that you'll find what you're looking for, right? And I had never in my entire life, not that it, it's been out that long, seen a Tesla Tesla supercharging station. I had never seen one. I didn't know where to look for one, but it was so funny. Once we rented the Tesla, I realized, gosh, they're all over the place. I just never had paid attention. Uh, yeah. And then when I saw the one popping up here in town, uh, it's perfect for me because we have two Airbnbs, literally two tenths of a mile away. It's like in the backyard of the Airbnbs. So somebody who was to rent our Airbnb that now that's a marketing tool that I have is if you have a Tesla, we have a supercharging station that you can walk to, you can walk back to the Airbnb and then you can pick it up when it's done. But there were a couple of cool things. Uh, a weird thing is you can't, I had a, I had a battle. I have bad hearing and half the time I couldn't tell if the car was on or off. Because it's so quiet, it is basically silent. It's not like when you turn on a normal car and you can hear the engine rev up and start up and it's maybe, maybe my cars are just old and crappy. They're kind of clicking around and making some noises. You know, it's very difficult to even tell that the Tesla is on. And I thought that was also interesting. The first time I was trying to like come to a rolling stop at a stop sign, I was like, gosh, this thing kind of just stopped. It wasn't like on a dime, but it wasn't like your vehicle kept gliding an extra you know, 20 to 60 feet, like a normal car would. Yeah. There's a hold function on it when you, when you stop at a stoplight and stop sign. So, uh, the things, the things that I love about it, uh, first of all, it's green. Um, the battery, you know, people will say, oh, how long is the battery going to last? What's it going to cost? I mean, I was just on the, the website. They said the battery is usually probably, it should be good for between 300 to 500,000 miles. That's a lot of miles. 300,000 to 500,000 miles. That's a lot of miles. Um, the replacement, obviously, it's, it's expensive. It's $12,000. Um, but, I, you know, from my point of view, in all the years that I've ever had cars, I've never had a car that's had more than 150,000 miles on it. I mean, I lived on islands a lot. I lived in Hawaii for three years. I lived in Cuba for two years. So, you know, you didn't go a lot of places driving-wise. But, you know, 300,000 miles to 500,000 miles, most of the time people are just, <laughs> they want another car by then anyway. You know? 
So what's yeah. your plan on, you know, obviously again, you we talk about the level, the seven levels of wealth. You are financially independent. You don't have to work anymore. Do you have any plans on dabbling into one of the new Teslas that might be coming out in the next couple of years that maybe has a longer range battery or are you going to follow the John Chester plan and keep this one for as long as you can drive it? Probably the second thing. I mean, I would think probably the only thing that would probably entice me to buy a new Tesla uh, to replace this one, if this one was still running well, would be if it was a convertible and uh, got considerably more than 300 miles range, you know. Uh, and, and then probably what I would do is get rid of my wife's Toyota and, you know, then I would get the, the new one and she would get the, the current one that we have. Um, you know, from an electric point of view, you know, here's, here are some, you know, you, you go through a hurricane. Gee, there are hurricanes in North Carolina. You have no electricity. Well, I mean, you hardly, we charged our car up right away and we had no electricity for five days but we had a car that we could drive anywhere we wanted and you know people are running around trying to fill up their gas their gas cars and you know run their gas generators and the gas pumps were, were broken and everything else so it worked out fine for us charged my phone it got really hot we sat in the car and just ran the air conditioner yeah that's definitely something to think about there's a lot of things to think about coach and again on financially independent teachers. We're just here to provide as many perspectives and talk about as many things that deal with personal finance as possible. Uh, I understand some people might not be interested in electric vehicles. It doesn't seem like it's slowing down, by the way. It seems like this is maybe the wave of the future. I know that some people in government, they want you know electric vehicles and only electric vehicles by, say, 2030. I don't know Sounds if- like we'll, a good we'll, way to trap every single person into a car payment. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get there or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, if you, if you don't want to buy a Tesla, I highly recommend going to Turo, T-U-R-O, come to New Bern, North Carolina and rent the one that Coach Spies is going to buy to rent out. No, I'm going to rent it from that. Coach yeah, Spies. Yeah, I might do that now. I, I, you know, if I can get it paid. Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to wait for. I'm going to wait for, uh, I'm going to wait for Dave to buy his uh, Tesla. Then I'm going to take one on a test drive. And then I'm probably going to change and be like John and say, I'm just, now I've got a sinking fund so that I can afford a tesla one day i, I would say i'm, I'm sure a, if i ever drive it i'm gonna love it you know there's a 50 50 chance that when my wife and i buy our next vehicle it might be a tesla ah. even though you know we talked about pros and cons a little bit maybe not formally but we're just trying to hold off at least a couple other years but when we do buy it because we've had a sinking fund you know we would pay cash for it sure um, and plan on keeping it for a long time so and we'll see I what happens trip, i'll rent it from you absolutely there you go my you wife will rent anything she wants to get a swimming pool and start renting that out too i know I love, I, let me tell you something stephanie has got a mind for making money she does john true. any last words yeah actually uh one of the things you were talking about is your wife sometimes drives up to 200 200 miles 200 miles in a day and i was just figuring out this at 30 miles a gallon at four dollars a gallon of gas that's basically 26 dollars and 67 cents for every 200 miles that you drive with a gas car 30 miles you know with an equivalent tesla electric car and you know nice weather and everything else that 200 miles will cost you around three dollars three dollars or four dollars so if you're thinking about sinking 20 26 dollars a month a day 
$26 a day while you're working uh, versus $3 a day. Uh, yes, there's the upfront course cost. Now, bad thing about current Teslas right now, when I bought mine, I got a $7,000 federal tax write-off and I got a, a $3,500 state tax write-off because it was still within the new car realm. Uh, like the Ford things, the advantages for Ford and Chevy and all these people are coming out with these new electric cars. As long as they're under a certain threshold, there are tax, tax incentives for buying those cars because they're newer model cars and they haven't made a lot. Tesla's already over that threshold with all their cars. So you do not get any tax breaks with buying a Tesla anymore. Gotcha. That's, that's good to know. And coach, you know, we try to be fit minded around here where we don't like to have car payments. You know, we like to keep our cars. We'd rather have money, you know, being invested into our Roth IRA or 457. But for, for the normal American, who's going to go out and spend sixty-five, $80,000 on a Chevy Tahoe anyway, that's when the $60,000 Tesla might make more sense 100%. versus the, the $60,000 SUV that gets you know, 13 miles a gallon. And now you're paying $500 a month in gas on top of the $60,000 car payment. Yeah. And not only that, but the no maintenance, you know, yeah. you're not spending, you're not spending money on oil changes and, and all that stuff. You know, four years he gets, he, he you know, he had one windshield to put in, in four years. Um, yeah. I mean, so, so if you're going to spend that money anyway, the electric vehicle seems like probably a no brainer, especially if you're in the South. You know, if you're yeah. in the north, there may be some other considerations. But if you're in the south, I mean, it, it almost sounds like a no-brainer. If you're if you're going to spend that much money anyway, you know? well, I will tell you, the state of North Carolina does sock you 100, 140 dollars a year vehicle usage tax for an electric vehicle. Oh, because, really? Yeah, that was a surprise to me when I got my registration for the first time. It was like four hundred fifty dollars. Oh, wow! Uh, because you're not buying gas, and part of the gas pump price at the gas pump is a tax for road maintenance. Uh, so the more electric vehicles that are going out there, the less people are buying gas, the less money is going in the coffers of the state to repair roads and infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to have to recoup their money some way, shape or form. And when I initially was irritated about that, but then in the, you know, on the back end, I'm like, okay, well, I do really want roads without potholes. So you know, yeah, they're going to get my paying. gas money or they're going to get my electric money. Yeah, I don't mind making that paying that tax. Matter of fact, that's a thought that I had. I, I didn't have it going into the show, but I've had it before. You know, where where is the state going to get that revenue uh, for roads if they don't have a gas tax? And that that makes sense. They would they would apply the tax there, and uh, as people make the transition to electric vehicles, you know, they'll still be able to get their money to. to and like you said, I don't want I don't want roads with pot. I want decent roads, and I'm yeah. willing to willing to pay for that. So. Well, it is a, a big decision. I don't care what kind of car you purchase. You know, anytime you're spending tens of thousands of dollars potentially on a vehicle, I wouldn't just go out and rent one and then buy one the next week. There's a lot of research that goes into having an electric vehicle. Some people have buyer's remorse with them. Some people love them. It's all dependent on you and your situation. But either way, coach and coach, <laughs> I've got two coaches here today. I really yeah, appreciate you guys coaches. spending time and and talking about this with us. And thank you for joining us as always to the fit listeners out there. And we hope you join us for next week's episode. And remember someone is sitting in the shade today because they planted a tree a long time ago. Take care, everybody.